بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله النبي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا عبد القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره The hadith with which I would like to start our session today is again from the tafsir of Imam Askari salam and this is about what Amir al said about the people who have dedicated their life to learning and then teaching. Man kana min shi'atina aliman bishari'atina. Whoever from our Shia who knows our code of law, our religion, our teachings about what people should do and shouldn't do. So he has the knowledge. فَأَخْرَجَ ضُعْفَاءَ شِيْعَتَنَا مِنْ ظُلْمَةِ جَهْلِهِمْ إِلَى نُورِ الْعِلْمِ الَّذِي حَبَوْنَاهُ بِهِ Then he takes weak Shia. Is those Shia who might be financially strong, who might be physically strong, but in their faith, in their knowledge, in their understanding, they are in need of help. They are naive, they are weak in their faith. So he takes those weak Shia from darkness of ignorance to the light of the knowledge that we have given them. The knowledge, the light of knowledge that we have given them. On the day of judgment, this alim comes and on his head is a crown of light. And that crown of light will shine and will illuminate for all people who are in that plane of mahshar. And he has a dress, a special dress. Hulla is a dress that, for example, a king gives to his you know, close people, you know, a dress of honor. 
So this alam, in addition to having the crown of light, would have a dress of honor that for the smallest part of that dress, you cannot get it by giving the whole dunya. Because that dress is not a material dress. And anything which is not material, you cannot compare it with anything which is material. Yeah? So, you, for example, how much from dunya you can give to take an apple from Jannah? An apple from Jannah has no material value. So if you give millions of dollars, you cannot buy an apple of Jannah. Yes, you can transform your money into a currency that would be useful in Akhirah. Then with that you can buy apple there. But with the money of dunya, no. If the money of dunya is given as charity, as sadaqah, and is transformed into the currency which is good for that dunya, then you can do something. Otherwise, with millions of dollars, you cannot buy even one apple of heaven. Then a call will be made. You know, when a great person comes to a gathering to acknowledge his presence, they mention that, you know, such a person is here with us. We have the honor of having this person. They introduce him. They talk about his achievements. So this alam is so important that there would be a kind of acknowledgement. A monadi, a person will call and say, Hada alimun min Muhammad sallallahu This alim is one of the students of Ahlul Bayt. One of the students of Ali Muhammad. It's a great honor if someone is considered as Tilmiz of Imam Sadiq as Tilmiz of Imam Baqir It's the greatest honor that if they accept someone, that he's our student. In Islamic education, Sometimes I say this, you know, to people in Hose, other places, uh, and maybe also in some other uh, traditions, especially in some maybe spiritual also traditions. Knowledge is not something that comes uh, separate from teacher. You know, for example, now, if you have done it, degree in medicine, chemistry, maths. They don't mind, you know, uh, whether your teacher was a good teacher or not. Even sometimes it's not important which university you have studied. Sometimes it's important, but if your university is, you know, very top university, it's important. Otherwise, it's not important. As long as you have that certificate and you can work with this, you know, you can find a job, that's it. But in Islamic education, you are not only 
expected to learn and to be able to prove yourself scientifically, but you are very much judged on your teacher. Who was your teacher? Teacher is part of the identity of the student. Unfortunately, this is in modern education, this is disappearing, but in our model of education, it's very important. In the same way that if there is a child that we don't know who is his father or mother, we are, you know, worried <laughs> who is this child that is unknown. If someone says, I am very learned, ask me questions, you know, I can pass tests, but I had no teacher. Say, sorry. Without teacher, you are like a tree without roots. Because through your teacher, and your teacher through his teacher, and that through his teacher, you get connected to the roots of knowledge which are Muhammad and Ali Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Up to very recent, it was very common that for every book that you wanted to teach, you wanted to cite from, you had ijazah, you had permission. If you read the beginning of 40 hadith of Imam Khomeini, he mentions that he quotes, for example, from Kafi by Khomeini because he has permission from his teacher. And then he mentioned the teacher of his teacher. Then you can see the chain of all the masters of hadith between him and Khomeini. This is not just a kind of formality. This shows connection. This connection has academic aspect, but more than that, it has a spiritual aspect. So, if you want to really learn and benefit from the spring of the knowledge of Ahlul Bayt, you have to do it through the channels from which that water of hikmah comes, that water of knowledge comes. And those are our ulama. Through them, we get connected to Ahlul Bayt Imam Qadim said something very, very beautiful in hadith to Hisham ibn Hakam. It's in the beginning of Al-Kafi, Kitab al wal There is a beautiful hadith about intellect. One sentence that I want to mention is this. La ilma illa an alimin rabbani. La ilma illa an alimin rabbani. There is no knowledge except what it comes from a godly scholar. So you cannot teach yourself this type of knowledge. You can learn terminology, you can learn many concepts, but this kind of knowledge, which is light, has to come from a person who has his received light from another person. And the example that I use is this. If you have a candle, those who smoke, maybe they understand it better with cigarettes, but I use the example of candle. If you have a candle and you want to put on fire on this candle, what do you need? 
you need another candle which is already burning to come and touch this. This sacred touch is very important. If you bring the other candle close, but there is no touch, if you show it or show the picture, doesn't work. Show the movie, doesn't work. If you increase the heat of the room, make the room very hot, doesn't work. <laughs> There has to be another candle which already has fire and comes and touches this. This touch is very important. So, la ilma illa an aleman rabbani. There is no knowledge except that it comes from a godly scholar. You may say, where is godly scholar that I find? Okay, appreciate what you have. Use your Available scholars, inshallah, then you get to that stage that you would have also access to a Qadi scholar. So, he would be called Hadha Alimun Min Ba'd Talamizate Ali Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is a scholar who is a Talmiz, a student of Ahlul Bayt. ألا فمن أخرجه في الدنيا من حيرة جهله فليتشبث بنوره Whoever has been taken out from darkness by this alim in dunya now can come and benefit from the light of this alim. So whoever has benefited from his alim, this alim, from his guidance, has taken, been taken from darkness to light, فَلْيَتَشَبَّثْ can now hold on to his light. لَيُخْرَجَهُ مِنْ حَيْرَةِ ظُلْمَةِ هَذِهِ الْعَرَصَاتِ إِلَى نُزْهِ الْجَنَانِ So that now he take him from darkness of this plane, to the comfort and joy and pleasure of heaven. Any person that this alim has taught him something good in dunya would be taken out. He picks up among people, everyone who has learned from him. Oh, it has, he has unlocked from the heart of that person the lock of jahl. So when you, someone is ignorant, the heart is locked. Anyone in dunya that this alim has opened and unlocked his heart, now he goes and picks up that person and takes him with him. Or any person that had a very difficult time in understanding, he was puzzled, he was confused, he has clarified for him, now he goes and takes them to heaven.
So we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to first preserve for us our ulama and increase inshallah their number and enable us inshallah to be always in company of true ulama inshallah. As you know today we talk inshallah about Imam which is unit 4 of the book. In the end of the previous unit we talked about the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance of humanity and we said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided humanity with guidance through prophets he has sent prophets to all nations to all nations he has sent prophets to all languages prophets have spoken they spoke with the people in their language and then we said because in the past communication was not easy because the books were not preserved because there were many many changes and people were not that capable of being given general principles and draw out of the those general principles what they have to do in varying conditions so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept sending prophets but a time came that humanity was able to receive through Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the final and most complete message of God. To receive is very important. To preserve is also very important. Since then, we have the Quran as the final revelation intact. Nothing is missing from the Quran. What remains is understanding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed that the Quran will be preserved. We have sent this reminder and we are going to protect it. But what has not been protected and what has not been guaranteed, actually we are warned about is misinterpretation, misunderstanding. This is why we need to have people who would continue the task of the Prophet not in receiving revelation, not no, that task finished, in teaching. We need teachers we don't need any more revelation to come we don't need any more prophet to come we need infallible teachers because as you know the life of prophet muhammad وسلم, for prophethood was only 23 years he was 40 when he became prophet. He passed away when he was 63. Only 23 years. Even these 23 years were not 23 years of, you know, a person who is relaxed and, you know, offers courses, you know, and trains people. First of all, 
there were periods that he had to keep very quiet. For three years, it was very secret. After three years, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the Prophet to start with his kinship. To start preaching his relatives. Then the Prophet started uh, preaching public, but in very, very difficult situations. 13 years in Mecca, as you know, full of challenges, full of problems, sanctions, tortures, killing, confiscating properties of Muslims, very, very difficult. And when they went to Medina, again, things were not easy because establishing a community and being responsible for worldly and religious affairs of life of people, it's not easy. Plus, you have enemies who are very insistent on destroying Islam, so they impose lots of wars on the Prophet. <coughs> and there are hypocrites inside Medina. So there are lots of problems. So these 23 years were full of challenges and full of difficulties and were not enough for the Prophet to teach everything to people. Also, those people were not very learned people, very educated people. You know, today, when our ulama want to become a good scholar, they study 30, 40 years. Our maraja, maybe 50, 60 years, they have been studying and teaching and doing research. And we have lots of books, we have lots of teachers, we have methodology, we have sciences developed. How was possible for the Prophet to train those people who were not even able to read and write in 23 years? Plus, many issues were not yet applicable. When Islam grew and when Islam came into contact with lots of cultures, with lots of you know, traditions, with Greek philosophy, Iranian philosophy and mysticism, you know, Indian spirituality, so many things came to the world of Islam that needed explanation and needed Islamic you know interpretation so we have a period after the Prophet in which we have infallible presentation of Islam infallible teaching of Islam through Imams so from year 10 Imam in this sense the sense of success of you to the Prophet started and this goes on till 260 when Imam Zaman becomes Imam and then even from 260 to 329 we have minor occultation still we have someone who can take question from people to Imam and bring the answer so even these 69 years, we have some kind of access to the Imam. So now this period of 319 years, from 10 to 329, okay? So we have 319 extra years compared to other Muslims. Other Muslims, after the Prophet, they don't have any infallible teaching. Therefore, they have lots of gaps. 
And what added to the problem was also that, unfortunately, they banned narration of hadith. So they said, you should not narrate hadith of the Prophet. You should not write the hadith of the Prophet. You should not compile the hadith of the Prophet. There was a ban on narrating hadith exercised by the first caliph, the second caliph, and the third caliph. So this also added to the problem. So even all the hadiths of the Prophet were not preserved. But even if they had all the hadiths of the Prophet, 23 years compared to 319 plus 23 of the Prophet. So our situation is much, much better, alhamdulillah. We have so many hadiths, alhamdulillah, thousands of hadiths that we can understand what is Islamic ruling. And if there are cases that we don't have direct ruling, we have some practical principles, al-usul al-amaliyya, that can help us even in those cases. These are things that we study in usul al-fiqh. So, imama for us is more than anything a matter of continued guidance and continued teaching of Islam. But in addition to that, there are many other aspects to Imam. For example, we are in need of role models. We are in need of examples that we can wholeheartedly follow. And Imams are the Hujjah of Allah. By looking at them, by listening to them, we can understand what would be the will of Allah. There is a beautiful expression in Ziyarat al-Yasin that to this day I think it gives you the best explanation of the meaning of Hujjah. What is Hujjah? In Ziyarat al-Yasin it says Assalamu alayka ya Hujjatallahi wa dalila iradati Peace be upon you O the Hujjah of Allah and the sign of the will of God. So hujjah is something or someone. It can be something, it can be someone that tells you what Allah wants from you. By referring to that hujjah, you understand what should you do, what should you believe, what should you say. Because that's the sign of the will of God. In the same ziyarat Ali Yasin, also there is a good explanation of Khalifatullah. Assalamu alayka ya Khalifatullahi wa nasira haqqihi. Peace be upon you, O Khalifatullah, and the helper of Allah in his rights. So he helps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right to be observed and implemented. So we need hujjah and we have hadith for example in the book you find this hadith from Ilal al-Shara'i by Shaykh al-Saduq Rizwanullah ta'ala law khalat al-ardu the famous quotation is law lal hujjah lasakhat al-ardu bi-ahlaha that's very famous what uh, I have found uh, is this from Sheikh Saduq? Lo khalat al-ardu tarfat ayn min hujjah 
لساخت بأحلها Were it not for the presence of the Hujjah the earth would have swallowed its people up So it's not possible to have the earth without the Hujjah of Allah because it's the Hujjah of Allah that acts as a source of safety and security Aman, his Aman is the source of security and is the channel for mercy of Allah and blessing of Allah to come down then I started in this unit talking about some concepts in the Quran which refer to Imama and after that some hadith which refer to Imama so if we quickly review those concepts that refer to Imama the very first thing that I have mentioned here is that every nation on the day of judgment will be called to join its leader chapter 17 verse 71 the day we call every people every group to join their imam imam here doesn't mean necessarily good imam it can be good imam it can be bad imam as you know in quran we have we have imams who call people towards hell we have imams who call people towards guidance because imam is leader what is important is on the day of judgment people will be first resurrected as individuals in the lectures on velaya uh, we have explained this and collective nature of Eliyah. That first people are resurrected as individuals. <coughs> you come as individuals. Everyone comes as individuals. So first we are resurrected as individuals. Then we will call, we will call to assemble. On what basis? On the basis of who was your Imam. <coughs> Every group of people will be asked to join their Imam, their leader. <coughs> if you refer to the lecture about collective nature of Wilayah, it's also published as paper. You have references, for example, from Imam Sadiq in which he says, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call every group of people to join their leader. We will join Rasulullah. You will join us. And then he asks, Where do you think you will be taken? If you join us and we join Rasulullah, where will you be taken? Three times he said, to heaven by the Lord of Kaaba. If we manage, of course, this is not a matter of claiming a name, it's a matter of reality. If we manage to reach our Imams 
on the day of judgment, then the rest is okay. That's that period when you are resurrected as individual till you join your group. That's the main thing. You know, imagine like if you bring people to, for example, Arafat or Mena and just leave them and say, you know, find your leader. There are millions on the day of judgment, billions of people, find your Imam. There must be something in you that takes you to the Imam. There must be a kind of similarity, a kind of attraction that among all people, you just go and find your own Imam and group. If we manage to join them, then inshallah, we will go to heaven. As the Quran says, وَسِيغَ الَّذِينَ تَقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرًا People who are pious will be led as groups, not as individuals, as groups to heaven. And those who have followed Fir'aun or Namrud, they also will go with them. سِيغَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ زُمَرًا They will also go, go as groups. So this shows how important it is to be part of a community. Even on Akhirah, we should be part of community. We should not be alone. So the first concept is the concept of joining Imam on the Day of Judgment as the one that gives you identity. And your destiny depends on joining the Imam on the Day of Judgment. Shall we have a break or I continue? We can have a break and then inshallah we continue. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah.